Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Christians United Ministry. My name is Travis, and today we are continuing our Bible study, continuing our mini, Ma mini Matthew series, resuming in chapter 26 of Matthew. Today we see a lot of good information, so make sure we're paying attention and learning. All right, very top, chapter 1. And it came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, Ye know that after two days in the feast of Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Then assembled together the priests, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people, unto the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and consulted that they might kill Jesus with subtlety and kill him. But they said, Not until the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But as when the disciples saw it, they, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever this gospel shall be preached to in the whole world, this shall also this, that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Zechariah, went unto the chief priests, and said unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Now the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat at the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus appointed them. And they made ready the Passover. Now the even was come, and he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall, shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him but woe unto the man by whom the son of man is betrayed it has been a good for that man if he had not been born then Judas which betrayed him answered and said master is it I and he said unto him thou hast said and as they were eating Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, 
eat. This is my body. He took the cup and gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink, ye all of it, for this is my blood, for the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you in Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I shall die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. I know I pronounced that bad. Sorry, guys. And saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here, will I go and pray yonder? And he took with him Peter and his two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went and prayed again for the second time, and prayed, saying, O Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he cometh, to his, then cometh he to his disciples, and said unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise, let's be going. Behold, he is at hand that doeth betray me. And when he yet spoke low, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves, from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now that he betrayed him, gave them. Now that he betrayed him, gave him a sign. Gave them a sign, saying, "Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast." And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, "Hail, Master!" and kissed him. Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? And then came nigh and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, 
one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place, for all that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how, will that, how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled, that this must be? In the same hour, said Jesus to the multitudes, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and ye had laid no hands on me. But all this was done, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. And they that laid a hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, which were the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yeah, though many false witnesses came, yet none found they at the last time at the last came two false witnesses and said this fellow said i am able to destroy the temple of god and build it in three days and the high priest arose and said unto him answers thou nothing what is it which these witnesses against these but jesus held his peace and the high priest answered and said unto him I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus say unto them, Thou hast said, Thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the highest priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. Then, then did they spit in his face and buffed, buffed him. And others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, Prophesy unto us, sorry, thou Christ. Who is he that smote thee? Now Peter sat without in the place in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou hast what thou was also with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied him, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him, and said unto him that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied in, with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speaketh speech berieth thee. 
and he began to curse and swearing, saying, I know not the men. And immediately the, the cock crew. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. That was a long chapter, but it was, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, keep your cool here because we know what's happening. It's the beginning of it. And then when we, like with me, sometimes I get like a little personally, I get like a little emotional. I'm going through these chapters because I can personally imagine going through this. And, and we all see in this chapter that Jesus voluntarily goes. We're going to go over it, but early in, in the chapter, he knows it's going to, he, he knows it has to fall on him. He asks God, if it can fall on anybody else, let it be. But he knows it has to be him, and he knows why. He doesn't show hesitation, but it's, it's just, you know, just putting yourself in that position, you know, it just, you know, I know I couldn't do it. But Jesus was strong enough. And Jesus will give us our strength, you know. We'll go over that throughout the chapter. So let's get right into the explanation of this chapter. Um, Jesus has concluded his public teaching ministry as well as his final teaching to the disciples before his death and resurrection. And and that's exactly it, you know. It's his last... It is his last teaching to anybody you know from now on we're not going to be getting these lessons directly from him you know he's not going to go out into the multitudes he's not going to go out to his disciples anymore it's done and he he was very clear about this like he said he kept telling you it's time is coming he gave them warnings he kept giving them like little nudges like listen it's, it's coming we're as you know you better take advantage of what you got now he's giving them signs and um and notice how he doesn't cower the entire time, like when he's walking up to the city to, you know, where it's going to be done. He's not running in fear. What's he doing? He's praying to the Father. And we'll go over that and just again in one second, you know, throughout this chapter. Um, but uh, he tells them that he will be delivered to be crucified in two days on Passover. Again, what is that? That is. Uh, the Jewish holiday where they have to kill the lamb and put it on the, the blood on the door when the first bun, the, you know, it's Passover. Uh, they put the blood on the door so the first uh, born son won't uh, die. Now, the Jewish are still doing this, right? They still believe in Passover. But we Christians know that we don't need to celebrate Passover. Why? Because Christ was the final. That's why I was on Passover. Christ was the Final sacrifice. No more, nobody out, no animals, nothing had to be sacrificed anymore after Jesus Christ. And that's just really important to note. Um, let's continue going. At the same time, the high priest is meeting at his home with the chief priests and elders, and they want to kill him. They want to go out and conspire against him. Now they're they made up their mind. They're doing it, but they're waiting. You see, they're waiting for the feast to be over. Because, he again, remember, we saw how they, they were cautious 
previously. They were cautious. They were wary about starting an uproar about violence. Um, people weren't really understanding. Uh, they weren't seeing what they thought they saw. They th saw Jesus Christ. That's who he was. A prophet, the Messiah, you know. Uh, these people, the priests weren't having, and they knew that they didn't have the multitude yet. So he, that, and we'll notice again at the end of the chapter what they're doing. And um, Christ's disciples go to the dinner in Bethany at the home of a man identified as Simon the leper. And this is probably someone Jesus has healed. Um, while Jesus reclines at the table, a woman opens an extraordinary valuable bottle of perfumed ointment and appoints his head with it. And this is Mary, the sister of Lazarus, the man Jesus had uh, raised from dead. And the disciples call this action a waste. Um, they were like, "This is we spent a lot of money on this. This is supposed to go to the poor. And John specifies that the Judas is the primary complainer in this estimate. Um, when we go, if we go in John 12, uh, chapters, uh, verses 1 through 8, and, um, Judas is the primary complainer in this instance. So you can see that this G Judas didn't betray Jesus yet. He hadn't didn't go to the, the high priest yet. He waits till after this. Um, he waits. Um, he waits for this to happen. And he and look what and he listen what Jesus does. He says Jesus ought to correct corrects their attitude. As it will turn out, there will be not time for Jesus' body to be properly anointed before his hasty burial. So he, they're not going to have time to give him the burial that he truly needs. As things are in motion, things has to happen, and he's only here for a little bit. He's not here for a long time. Like, you know, you will always have the poor, but you only have me. You will only have me now. You will not always have me. I'm going. I'm leaving. Don't you notice I'm leaving? This woman's doing woman. So G Judas heard this, and he's like, you know what? This is what pushed Judas to betray him. This is what... But this, I, I think of this as an example of somehow, sometimes this is how God puts things into motion. Because uh, John puts things into motion. So he, I, I believe God made this happen to make Judas want to betray Jesus. Because Jesus needed to be betrayed. Jesus needed to be handed over according to scriptures. And so he can be the sacrifice. So God puts things in place. He doesn't always just directly do things. He puts things in place for it to happen. And I, I believe personally, this is one of this is that instance where one of the examples where God did that did this had this woman put um, the the uh, anoint to Jesus with this valuable um, ointment so that Judas would do what he had to do. Um, uh, the woman also performed a beautiful act of devotion that also fills in this that serves to fill in this gap, not only to. Is her act justified? But it was also permanently tied to the story of the gospel. And it's possible that, meaning, first off, going back, that means that she will now forever be remembered for doing this. Um, so, not only is she doing a good thing, but she will be remembered for doing it. She played an important role. Just want to throw out there. It is possible that this mild rebuke is the last draw for Judas. Remember, we just went over that. And he goes to the chief priests and offers to turn Jesus over to them. Christ's enemies not only need someone to tell them where Jesus can be found, 
away from crowds. Again, remember, they were very, they needed to do it in secret. Not really in secret, but away from the crowds because they don't know who's with them. They don't know who's against them. So they want to do this privately. And you'll see in the coming chapters that they're making sure that they get away, that they get away with this. But they need someone to identify him to the arresting soldiers. They can't just say, tell them, and they need someone to identify him. Because maybe the soldiers don't know, you know what I'm saying? They, they need someone to identify him. They want to make sure they get the right person. And in an era, era without photographs and little variations of clothes or hair, this was a no small thing. They give Judas, obviously, 30 pieces of silver and move up their timeline for Jesus' arrest and trial. And Jesus and the disciples hold their Passover meal in a borrowed upper room of a house in Jerusalem. Jesus revealed that one of them will betray him. And he acknowledges to Judas that he knows exactly who the traitor is. And, 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 and I'm not sure if anybody has caught that when we're reading it. And he says, oh, that's what I said. So he said, is it I? Jesus literally tells him, yes, it's you. He tells him, yes, he's confirming who is going to do it. And he's telling him, listen, I know you're doing it. And, you know, so you got to feel the pressure in Judas's, like, you know, oh, my God, you know, if it was me, like, I don't think I'm going to do it. Oh, it's crazy. But he still continues to do it. But he also knows that Jesus knows, right? Uh, but Jesus introduces the sacrament of communion. Now, this is an extremely important part for all Christians, and especially Catholics. Catholics, Catholics uh, do this every Sunday where they break bread and do communion. Um, I wasn't going to go over that. I'm actually, that's going to be our Sunday. Not really. It's not going to be the sermon. It's going to be more of a lesson on the Eucharist, on the communion. So let's stay tuned for that. <coughs> That's going to be this week's sermon, um, more of a lesson. Um, but commanding his disciples to eat a broken piece of bread as a symbol of his body, and they are taught there to drink a cup of wine as a symbol of his body, soon to be shed for the forgiveness of sins. And that's where I'm going to disagree. It's not a symbol. It is. That's that's what I'm gonna go ahead and um, I was reading this. Um, Part of some of these references, that, uh, that Bible ref, that has some ex good explanations, but I do disagree with this part. It's not a symbol; it is the body of Christ. You know, uh, we're going to go all into that on Sunday. So, if you want a little bit more of what I mean by that, tune in on Sunday. Um, a typical Passover meal was used four cups of wine at designated moments. A third of these is the cup of blessing and it's possible that this is the one Jesus identifies with his blood if so this would mean that Jesus abstained the fourth cup from the fourth cup representing the assembly of God's people as a high symbol of what will happen in his glorious return um, at the Passover meal Jesus tells the disciples that every one of them will abandon him and he's right we read that right at the end of the chapter but he's telling them. He's like, look, he's telling them what's going to happen. He's giving them a prophecy. He's telling them what's happening in the future. And a lot of them, and you, and you can see that, oh, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> it ain't going to be me. And but Peter says, he's like, you are going to deny me three times. Like, he's like, you're not. You're not going to deny me. You're going to deny me three times. And you can see that they're like, no, no, I won't. But he's telling them. He's telling them. Uh, the, the group walks to a garden called Gethsemane. Again, this is the one I didn't know how to say. 
just can't just trying to do the best I can um, on the Mount of Olives Jesus had most as most of the disciples sit down and walk farther in with Jesus uh, Peter James and John now he's telling hey listen here I'm gonna go pray real quick just wait here it's pretty much what he's saying and he asked them to watch while he prays he will return three times to find them sleeping and you can kind of see you can you kind of see that like, you you can see that there's an indescribable mental agony meaning it's the weight of everything is about to happen beyond human understanding like he is going through he knows what's happening and it's it's you got still got to remember he's still human he's still human and and he knows what's about to happen he he could tell that he can he, um he could tell that he wish it doesn't have because he said like if the cup can fall on somebody else let it be so but you could see that he is not really nervous but he's going through he's like he's getting worked up because he knows what's about to happen and that's a very human aspect of jesus that's a very human characteristic because that's what happens you know the nerves and the kind of anxiety and stuff going on because I mean, he knows he has to go through it. He knows it has to be him. He knows he can't stop it. He he does, he could stop it. He tells Peter that it's coming up, but he's not going to because it has to be done. It's the will of the Father. But notice how he works with that nerves and fear, not fear, anxiety, by prayer, by prayer to the Father. That is how he, how he uh, counters his nerves, right? And the weight of what is going to happen is beyond human understanding. So in a very human, entirely legitimate prayer, Jesus tells God what he desires, which is not the offense that is going to happen. He actually, he desires to just not die like this, just to not go through it. In the same moment, Jesus also explicitly commits to obeying the will of the Father. Obviously, no one would want to suffer. Like he doesn't, again, no one wants to suffer, torture, and death. But Christ is Lord to God's plan above all else. He knows that the will of God comes before anything else. Becomes before his wants, the disciples' wants, our wants. The will of God is the must. And and this kind of is a testament to testimony to the fact that sometimes in life we have to go through things. And we may not like it, but if it's the will of the Father, we have to do it. It has to be done. And by the time Judas arrives with the crowd, but actually before we go back there, I want to touch something that he didn't see. He, when he finds the disciples sleeping, he's like, why are you sleeping for? Don't you know that this is my last few hours here and you're sleeping? You're wasting your time sleeping. And he comes back and like, you don't get your rest. The son of man is about to, about to leave. You waited. Now the time is at hand. The time has come. It's too late now. You know what I'm saying? He's, there's no more time. And... I personally believe, again, it doesn't really describe in the Bible, but he went up to pray the first time. He came back and found his disciples sleeping, so he went back again. And he, he, I think that, well, first off, he is acknowledging that we're human and we need sleep and that, you know, it's hard. But I think he comes down because he wants to be with his disciples. He, you see, he finds comfort being with his disciples, but they're sleeping. So where does he find his absolute comfort? with God so he goes back with God and he says you know what maybe I could bring them comfort maybe they could bring me comfort and he goes back and they're sleeping again so he goes back to God 
But you can see how he wants to comfort us as well. He knows that even though we're not going to be the ones physically experiencing the actual crucifixion, the crucifixion, 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 <laughs> um, getting crucified on the cross and going through the torture he's going through. We need comfort as well, knowing that he's going through it because he's our savior. He's, he's our Lord. And he, he can see that he gets disappointed every time he comes back and they're sleeping. Um, so let's continue forward. I just wanted to throw it out there. By the time Jesus arri Judas arrives with a crowd of soldiers and temple officers, Jesus is fully resolved to carry out the work of, of the suffering the Father has given him to do. It is possible Judas took his group, this group to the upper room first and then came to look for Jesus in Gethsemane. Judas, Judas' prearranged sign is a friendly kiss, and this is an especially despicable despicable form of betrayal um, the act itself requires trust and Judas goes even further by referring to Jesus as his teacher Christ for his part grants Judas one last kindness by referring to him possibly with sarcasm but now nah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be with sarcasm but I, I think it, as a friend he calls him as a friend and we see that he did call him a friend and I believe that he does this because like he's um not really an, an act of sarcasm, but maybe mostly, I believe it's more of a, you know, remember who you are, remember what you're doing. And I, he's also, I think it's also active, like, okay, I forget, I got forgiven. He knows that it has to happen. You know, I think he knows he has had a dough when he's just doing what scripture told him to do. That's just, again, that's my personal belief. If you believe something else, okay, but, um, and let's continue forward. So Peter lashes out with a sword. And this is an important lesson. Maiming a servant. And Peter is no swordsman. And, all, and this clumsy attack might even have been meant for Judas. You know, but Jesus immediately brings an end to this violence. Telling Peter to put his sword back into its sheath. For it's not time for bloodshed. And what's important is, is like if you, if you live by the sword you should die by the sword that's pretty much what it says basically if you live by violence if you if you if you think that violence is the answer you will die with the violence and that's a testimony to today you know we we ourselves always tend to resort to violence and you see like you know think about a gang activity a lot of those gang members use violence and those gang members die often by violence and gun gun violence uh fighting and all that stuff and it's just he it's, it's some true truth coming out of jesus right now i mean the entire time is all truth but i'm just saying you know how specific it is to now um and jesus immediately brings it into his violence but it is the time for peace not for bloodshed not only does just jesus have the power to defend himself and he's saying that i can send you don't think i can go to god and ask for 12 legions of uh, angels. No, he's not. He hasn't done it because it's the will of God. He's telling them that Jesus has to go through. And, he, and he, you can see as he, he gets, he gets arrested and he goes willingly. He goes peacefully. Again, he doesn't want to. We've seen that just before the soldiers came that he doesn't really want to do it. It's not his desire, but he's going to do it. He doesn't fight. And that's also a testament to where it says, you know, in the Bible, where it says, 
and the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, he said, if someone strikes you on your left cheek, off them your right. What does he mean by that? He's like, always just bring peace. Always bring peace. Don't resort back to violence. Don't bring that violence back. It's not, if they're going to do something, they're going to do it. Let it be done. You find comfort in the Lord God, Jesus Christ, the Father. You know, it's more of, you know, nothing nothing goes good from fighting. So he just gets, he lets it get arrested. He goes with peace. And that's not to say what we should be. When someone's attacking us, someone's coming at us, don't always be quick to fight back. No, find calmness and peace and just move on and just be peaceful like Jesus is being peaceful. And Jesus' illegal and entirely false trial takes place in the middle of the night. Remember, this is being done in secret. This is not a legit court hearing. This is not a legit, you know, punishment or anything. This is entirely false. And at the at the mansion of the high priest, this occurs when, before members of the Jewish ruling body known as the Sandrin. Most likely, the, there's... There are only enough members there to make their decisions official. And they're, again, they are doing everything to make sure that they get what they want. They're falsifying things. They're lying. They're, uh, they're bringing false witnesses forward. They're bringing only the people they know are against Jesus because they want this done. And this is also a testament to... This is the devil, by the way. This is a testament the devil does. This is what the devil does. He brings liars, deceitfulness, and he's very slick about it. So that's why we always got to stay close with the Lord. And it's like Jesus does here. Um, and everybody's making these claims, but none of them are compelling. Not, none of them are making really any sense. But not, this not only speaks to Jesus' innocence, but false witness is a crime in and of itself and should result in the death penalty. And this is coming from Deuteronomy nineteen eighteen. Among these, false attempt is a deliberate misquotation of Jesus' own words. Um, finally, so what does that mean? It means um, things that he said, but they're twisting it. They're not using correctly. Finally, the high priest challenges Jesus over his claims of being the Messiah and the Son of God. And Jesus not only accepts these terms, but drastically multiplies them. In his response, Jesus claims the power and judgment of God himself. The men who have already rejected Jesus' role's desire respond to this rage with rage and disgust, sentencing Jesus to death and triggering figure, physical abuse. Um, and then we see how G Peter does, in fact deny Jesus and we're going to continue to see you know what's going to happen to Jesus in these coming chapters and again these are going to be the harder <laughs> chapters to go through and most likely longer we're going to be going uh, it's going to be a lot to these chapters um, so expect longer episodes um but I do get a little emotional sometimes. I might have to pause sometimes because it does, like, you know, when I when I think about it, what the Lord has done for us is completely almighty. And, it's you know, we're not deserving of this. You know what I'm saying? So that um, that's where mercy comes in. And so that's why. Um, but these are some very good chapters. Again, on Sunday, we're going to be doing the a little lesson on the Eucharist. Um, what is it to be? The, uh, what is the communion? 
and you know it's not going to be like a, a, an hour long episode but it's going to be a, de a decent sized um with a lot of information in it and then we're gonna i'm gonna start doing more of these lessons as well as sermons but more of like you know this week i'm going to do um uh the eucharist or the communion and then the next week i'm going to do forgiveness and why forgiveness is important um and so on and so forth and but also when i talk about forgiveness it wasn't mean to be forgiven and that's the important part because that's honestly believe it or not it's a very misconcepted word it's very misunderstood word so we're gonna really gonna dig into that but um i personally want to thank everybody for choosing um christians united ministry um if you have any questions comments concerns need advice need event you can always email me personally at um Christians United Ministry, Christians United Ministry, all one word with an S after Christians at gmail.com. So it's Christians United Ministry at gmail.com. Well, it's been amazing to be here to get everybody. My name is Travis. This is Christians United Ministry. God be with you.